Welcome to Packet Pushes Heavy Networking, a place where we get deeper into network technology while balancing the other factors like business value, strategy, <laughs> in other words, why this is interesting as well as the how this is interesting. And in today's sponsored show, we are talking to Cinefar about digital experience monitoring. Yeah, that's right. It's a term that some analyst firm created, and now we all have to call it that. And I'm not sure what it means either, but it's somewhere during today's show, we're going to be finding out. But so far as I can tell so far, the topic of network monitoring has been around for a long time. And But the explosion of Software in networking means that monitoring has become practical. You've heard me talk about analytics and visibility platforms and how we're starting to see AI and ML. Sometimes it's organic AI and organic ML, but it's still, you know, the idea that smarts gets into the software. And it's actually a lot easier than it ever has been before. And more importantly, I think perhaps most importantly, people are finding that network monitoring as an idea in 2020 actually works. And of course, the network normal of 2020 is continuing change. Companies are replacing the WAN with SD-WAN. Some are moving to the cloud. Some are moving to SaaS. We're seeing hybrid cloud. We're seeing hybrid WAN. Some people are keeping parts of their MPLS. Some people are keeping their SD-WAN. Some are moving to remote access VPNs. And this rapid transition driven by the pandemic politics means that Operations is struggling to find ways to see what's happening out there. So we're going to talk to Cinefar about their technology platform on network monitoring and visibility tools and how they approach it. Now, there's two things that stood out to me before we get into this. One, they've got some specific technology smarts in the way that they approach their monitoring that appeal to me. We'll talk about the details. And second, Cinefar is an independent product, so it works across all of the networks. Not everyone has the joy of ditching their entire WAN infrastructure and just having an SD-WAN and so the monitoring works. Sometimes you actually have a horror story, which includes direct connector clouds and VPNs and MPLS and hybrid WANs, which have hybrid cl- Oh, my God. Anyway, joining us is Christiakos and Alex Henthornawani. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show today. Let's get directly to the matters at hand because I've talked for far too long. Chris, Cinefar, give me the give me the Cinefar story in a nutshell. Thanks, Greg. Absolutely. Cinefa provides observability into what we call all of the mains that users depend on to connect and use their applications. We deliver digital experience monitoring by bringing traffic, synthetics, network path, and endpoint monitoring data together in one product, organized all around user experience. There are three major pieces to the product. The first piece is uh, software or hardware probes for data centers, cloud VPCs, and branch offices. They do both DPI and flow monitoring, plus application synthetics and network path monitoring. The second component is endpoint agents for laptops and desktops. They do device, Wi-Fi, local network, and network path, as well as app synthetic monitoring. They essentially visualize and monitor all the domains between the user and the applications that they're trying to connect to. And the third piece is our SaaS platform that ingests and correlates all the metadata. So mm. visualizations are streamlined around user experience and performance and collective intelligence and benchmarking really helps you with the baselining. So look, the data in config is, of course, accessible via APIs for integration into you know, your current tool stacks. So the couple of things I saw there, one is the, um, the idea is that you want to monitor the network but the way that you're doing it is you've got software agents and hardware agents, and you're not just using synthetic testing, which is an agent that pings or does a HTTP connection. You're also doing DPI so that you can actually get an application-centric view of it as well. 
That's exactly right. And that's where the combination is is really powerful. The the ability to sort of see the traffic flows, the DPI, as mm-hmm. well as the, the synthetic piece that you just uh, touched on. Um, so, so what now this is not something that a lot of the other visibility vendors are doing. And I just wonder why is it that you're able to do what somebody hasn't done before? Is there some sort of uniqueness here or just is it just the focus on the monitoring that, that sets you apart? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. I guess I'll, you know, what we really focus on is is making that operational, you know, making operational troubleshooting really as easy as possible. I guess so. For example, you know, uh, from an easy perspective, so all the DPI traffic reporting happens automatically out of the box, zero configuration. Send traffic, get visibility at whatever speeds you want. Hmm. There's a lot of automation that we've introduced in a lot of these different, I guess, observability domains to, to provide a, uh, a very, I guess, streamlined experience around um, you know, insights into the whole digital experience monitoring. Yeah, the other thing I want to add is that from my perspective, you know, there's been, well, there's just been this kind of divide in monitoring. You had the old appliance on-prem mm. software world where most of the traffic products have been around for decades, right? Mm. And then you had the newfangled cloud stuff, but a lot of that was around synthetics and, and things like APM and synthetics and all that sort of thing. So there was this yeah, big, yeah. huge divide between those two. Uh, it actually turns out that handling the volume of data where, that you get from traffic and doing DPI and such is actually pretty hard from a, from a data management point of view. And that's where Cinefa started. Adding mm-hmm. synthetics and endpoints from a data ingestion point of view is pretty easy by comparison, but Cinefa started the traffic stuff in the cloud as a cloud native. Mm -hmm. So adding all the rest of it was relatively trivial by comparison. So it sounds like you're actually using a blended solution. I can do deep packet inspection if I choose or where it makes sense to. Um, Otherwise, I can use flow data or synthetic testings to cover up the gap. So there's a range of choices. So in the dashboard, I need to have a dashboard that flexibly says, this is the data that's available to me and I can extrapolate meaning in this sense. Does that, is that what happens? Yes, that's that's exactly right. So you know the way we look at it, Greg, is you know think of the 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 visibility domains as an enrichment to the data, right? So uh, to your point, sometimes yes, you can get uh, packets and, and traffic. Sometimes you, you need to rely on flows, mm-hmm. and sometimes you need to rely on synthetics. But ultimately, when you have all the pieces across your network, you have pretty you know deep observability. So you're and. I guess the the real value of it is when you combine these data sources together and have these data sources correlated. But of course, um, you can you can use each each one of these texts uh, in uh, in isolation, right? Um, you can use just synthetics or just traffic or just flows. Can I ask to, for you guys to sort of drill down on what you mean by experience? Because I just want to get a sense of, you know, as opposed to just up, down, I could reach it, I can't. What does experience mean and what does that actually get me uh, as an IT person? So when we talk about digital experience, we talk about uh, the user's experience as they're working with an application. So that will be an up and down is probably, you know, very trivial uh, ability to sort of see the, the experience, but ultimately the performance of the application when it uh, has to do with the user, right? So am I having slow Office 365 performance? Am I having, is my Zoom sort of cutting in and out? Uh, is my Teams, uh, you know, really choppy? So that when we talk about experience, that's that's what we sort of focus on. 
from an IT point of view, what, what the business cares about is, you know, how are these critical applications working for the users? But from a point of view of all the domains we look at, like if you're thinking about someone working on an endpoint device at home, well, they've got a number of things that impact them. And we actually score all those domains from a health or performance point of view, but it all rolls up to a user experience score. So the product is really organized from a very consistent perspective that there's a experience score attached to a user slash application hmm. or across a variety of applications, because that's ultimately what the IT team has to deliver to the business as a good yeah. performance experience. I'm thinking about it from the point of view of an operations person on the help desk and you've got a you know one of your users are on the phone going like oh my video conferences have been playing up all day and i haven't been able to get into the cloud and answering that question for that particular user who might be you know working from home you know following the the changes in the work style that we've seen lately or maybe they're working at a coffee shop but they don't think about the network at all and this sort of feels like this is like this user is located, has a laptop, on that laptop is an agent. I am, as an operations person, I can now see what what it looks like for them. Is that what happens? Spot on. And that's that's one of the, uh, that's where the operational focus comes in, Greg. So, you know, our customers love the endpoint agent visuals. And, and what I mean by that is that for that persona, that support persona, uh, what we do is we, we present a, what we call a service delivery chain, right? Hmm. So just... Think of some circles um, uh, lined up, and from the left, you sort of look at the local device or endpoint, and then you have Wi-Fi, local network, internet, and application domains. And these are all colored and scored circles, right? So, you know, red's bad, green's great. Mm. So basically, at a glance, a frontline support person can easily tell what is the likely problem domain, then pivot down into the diagnostic details. So, for example, they might say, you know what? The Wi-Fi is pretty bad. Where are you? Oh, you're at Starbucks. Uh, maybe there's, you know, there's congestion yeah. at, at, at the local Starbucks or, you know, whatever. You're at, I can tell you're at Starbucks and there's a problem, basically. Don't be an idiot. That's it. <laughs> Something like that. A good example on Wi-Fi that we see pretty commonly is someone working at home and they're usually having decent performance. And what happens is that they've attached to their neighbor's Wi-Fi or they somehow slipped onto their mobile hotspot and they don't realize it. So this is pretty common thing that happens that is really easy to catch. Now you can catch this because you can see the SSID and you know that that's not the one they usually connect to. Is that how you're getting this info? Right, you can see the, you can see the SSID, you can see the BSSID. So if you're, even if you're in an office situation and you, you're moving around, you, know, you can see those changes. You can see you know, channel changes. So you can see a lot of the, the churn kind of stuff happening, even in office environments, people moving from one side of the building to another, and all of a sudden things are kind of wonky. We can see that stuff too. So I think the larger point that we're trying to get at here is that you can provide to a frontline operations person some immediate information to help them start finding the needle in that haystack. Exactly. That's exactly right. How much work do I have to do to set that up? Because sometimes these systems require you know, days, weeks, months of effort to tune them up and get to the point where you're giving those sorts. Is, is, are we at the point now where this sort of is an out-of-box experience? 
absolutely. We've really focused on the out of box experience and and that automation, both for the you know for the deployment piece and also the uh, you know I guess the operational piece. And I guess you know the the way it works is if we're talking about the endpoint agent, uh, it gets rolled out of with uh, SCCM or configuration management software. You push it out to to all your endpoints. They register back to the Cinefor cloud. And what we do is we start with a set of default thresholds, right? So we look at best practice thresholds for Wi-Fi, local network. We look at thresholds for specific applications like Teams, Zoom, and 365. And based on those thresholds, we're able to tell you whether, hey, you're doing well or you're doing badly. Now, so straight away, you have, you, you have the thresholds, you have the information that you need from the endpoints and the Wi-Fi, and of course, those are customizable. So depending on mm. different regions, you can, you can go and adjust those thresholds. But right out of the box, you're, you're running, you're reporting, you're alerting, uh, and you have best practice thresholds uh, preloaded onto, onto your account. Here's another interesting example. We actually had a university that came to us initially because they had a need to replace their traffic analysis, which was great. We can do that. But as soon as they saw we have an endpoint solution, they said, aha, you know, we've been looking at other solutions for that. And they're, they were pretty happy they could actually combine both of those things because like everybody, that ton of remote staff having mm-hmm. issues at home, Wi-Fi and all those sorts of things. And they were able to all of a sudden go and solve that problem at the same time that they were going through a refresh kind of replacement of their traffic analysis. So that's just a good example of they, they're able to solve this endpoint issue in the same platform, even though they weren't initially look, <laughs> looking for us to do that. So were you focused on the students or were you focused on the staff for that solution? In this case, it was mostly the staff. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think most of those universities have the permission <laughs> to put an endpoint agent out there. And, and who knows what would happen to it if they did. But yeah, yeah. But, you yeah, know, large universities, they've sent a lot of staff home. Okay. Now, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the idea that if I've got all of these different sources, right, uh, of, of monitoring the network, you've got the, the synthetics, you've got the DPI, you've got flow data, you've got physical agents, soft agents. How do you correlate that together to come up with a, an experience? That doesn't make sense to me on the face of it. Getting the information from, I guess, multiple domains of different discipline and bringing them together into a, a unified experience is, is, is quite a bit of a challenge, right? So hmm. I guess the way we present the information, we don't just take traffic information and tra- take synthetic information and endpoint information and magically fit them into a single score. Um, a lot of the scoring happens with the synthetics and the traffic. Mm. But what we do do is um, when you're looking at digital experience for a particular user, for example, um, and say, for example, they're purely based on synthetics, we'll be able to devise a score based on purely synthetics. Now, when you bring a traffic source in there, so, for example, if we can see traffic for that user as well, then – that score is strengthened by the fact that we can actually see um, round trip times and performance metrics at a traffic level, right? So we have a way to sort of bring that into the, the overall score. But the key thing here is, Greg, is when you're looking at problems is we have, when you're looking at a particular user uh, or particular geo, we have a, a series of correlated or, or events of interest or information of interest that may relate to a particular issue that you're looking at. For example, if you're looking at someone having a, uh, a problem and they're on an AT&T network, right. you know, we will bring up, you know, 
correlated problems around, hey, you know, AT&T is having an issue in this area or Comcast is having an issue in this area or the, the traffic flow for these particular users is going through a particular VPN aggregation point that right now is quite congested, right? So yeah, okay. we're able to correlate that, that information. So you're able to sort of identify groups of functionality and then bring them together and say, hey, this is a bunch of users having poor experience and they're all on the same provider or they're all in the same geography or they're all using the same technology in some way. Is that automated? Is that some sort of, you know, statistical analysis, MLAI? It's not organic uh, intelligence, shall we say. It's not fixed database lookups. It's not fixed database. It's organic in that sense. So I guess, um, you know, every test, every piece of traffic that we collect, every endpoint has a number of different characteristics with it, right? So we're able to combine those and find, you know, what we call the, the commonalities amongst all these measurement points. And we use those to sort of bring um, common groups together depending on whether they're having problems or not. But basically we're using all these footprints across synthetics, traffic, uh, and endpoints to, to, to sort of combine this into a, you know, a, a single visual with commonalities and correlated info. Okay. So is the idea here, say, if you're looking for commonalities and you notice that a bunch of uh, employees in a specific region are having issues and it turns out to be with uh, the local ISP, you can then do something with that information and maybe get out ahead of a whole bunch of tickets coming in saying the network is slow? That's exactly right. You can quickly see that. Uh, so, for example, we will alert, say, hey, you're having 150 users right now. Um, the performance has dropped and it looks like it's this particular route that's connecting them to the applications or it's, it turns out to be the local service provider. And then you can take action based on, on that, right? A lot of times people will just tell users to switch over to, to 4G or, or Tether or whatever. And Alex has some comments on, on this piece, piece as well, I think. Well, the other thing I would say that is a really practical sort of use case of, of applying one data set to another, and not all of these things are automated yet, but for example, if you say you have a set of users you notice from the endpoints that they're having a poor experience with certain applications, and you notice that they're also clustered in one office, and you notice that there's a network issue in that office, right? Like there's a congestion thing. One of the great things we can do is then go shift into a sort of a traffic performance analysis mode and actually turn on a second-by-second second view of all the traffic flows by apps, by users, et cetera, by hosts and flows. And so you can really get granular on what's happening right now in that, in that branch office mm-hmm. to see why is this congested, right? So you've narrowed the domain down to that office and now you can really examine the traffic in depth to say, aha, there's a whole bunch of things updating or there's something else weird going on. You're not going to find out why, but you're going to find out what. You're going to see this Correct. traffic is running slow. And you're still dependent on, I think, the the operational people to go, oh, that's Office 365 traffic that's running through this network. You're not telling me that this part of the internet's broken or something like that. Through path monitoring, you can see where there's delay or packet mm-hmm. loss and that sort of thing in, in some part of the internet for sure. And if you have enough paths being monitored, you can see all those commonalities. Okay. So you can see those internet commonalities, but you can also see through like application classification that a particular set of traffic is actually having a problem in an office. And you can see that there's other collateral things going on in the network that might be conge- that could be contributing to congestion, like there's a massive download happening mm. or something like that. You see, to me, the main 
feature that I'm taking away is that if I've got an MPLS network over here and maybe I'm rolling out an SD-WAN here, but in this part of the world, there's no way I can use, you know, I've got someone accessing services in the cloud. I still need one platform that's going to bring that all together into a unified whole. Um, so it doesn't have to be like uh, provider A versus provider B. It can actually be my network is a multi, uh, multi-platform, multi some of it's MPLS, some of it's whatever it is, and I can see the same experiences and stitch it all together into one thing. Am I wrong there? You, you do have it right. It reminds me of a, we have a, a manufacturing customer that has grown by acquisition to, I don't know, around 20,000 uh, staff. And when you grow by acquisition, you, you inherit all sorts of networks, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's very common so, these yeah. days, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so the challenge is, you know, how do, how do you bring it together? So what he's ended up with is basically, you know, some MPLS, uh, some homegrown VPN, some SD-WAN and, and, and some SASE. I mean, the, the plan is to eventually go to SASE, but uh, they've still got a few more acquisitions to, to wrap up. But um, that's an interesting customer because it's a, a, it's a very diverse and a very hybrid network. Um, hmm. You know, he, he has a, you know, his hands full. But from a digital experience perspective uh, with Cinefy, it doesn't matter what the underlying pieces are, right? Whether you right. have a straight VPN, we have SAS in the middle, we have some sort of web proxy in the middle, um, and that's that's where it all comes together. Where we're able to look at um, you know various sort of um, uh, hybrid environments. Because I, I agree with you. I mean, overnight you're not going to get an all SD WAN network or an all MPLS network or an all SASE network, right? Hmm. So to get that visibility, uh, particularly with this customer, is that you relying on your traffic visibility product, which is something that has to be deployed on premises, like a, a data center or a branch. In, uh, in in some parts of that network, we, we deploy in, uh, in the data centers. Uh, we do have some remote branches that we also uh, plug into. But there are parts of the network, uh, Drew, that they don't have any um, – um, they don't control any of the, the infrastructure. So uh-huh. in, th- in those areas, we, we purely rely on, on endpoints and synthetics, right, to get observability in those domains. Okay, that makes sense. Right. How granular does this get? So one of the questions that I that's always in my mind with these is that, and I've had a demo, so I do actually sort of know the question, the answer to this question, but I want to bring it out here because sometimes you sort of have this chart, and there's my five minute poll ru- summary run up. How how deep into the data can I go? Give me a sense of that. So from a traffic perspective, you mentioned five-minute granularity, which is, which is great, but these days is, is not enough. So from a traffic perspective, we can get to one-second resolution DPI. So, for example, we can, we can do layer 7 DPI and report one second based on apps, flows, um, users, hosts, and so on. So any network object you can think of, uh, you can sit there and stream live at one-second intervals. So you can get pretty close, right? And then in those one-second spikes, when you're looking at a five-minute interval and it's averaged out, you get one figure for the five-minute interval. But when you're looking second by second, you see some Instagram. Oh, maybe that's a bad example. But um, you know, Facebook and Instagram, you, you'll see these apps sort of – and Netflix is a good example where they spike for like two or three seconds to max bandwidth and then they drop again and then they spike yeah. and then they drop again. Well, it's that um, story about 99th percentile. Just because something's operating within 99th percentile, it's the 1%, which is what the user sees. So you actually don't want to be discarding the 1% because 1% is still 15 minutes of a workday when something really bad happens. And that's the only thing the user remembers. 
is they don't remember how well it worked all day. They only remember how bad it worked for 10 minutes when they were That's right. in the middle That's of the That's exactly right. So the granularity, I think, is really important because you can only search for the intermittent stuff. And if you don't have that granularity, if, it, if the roll-up or the summarization is too high, then that... But that's always a problem with these systems because you've got to collect all this data and then you've got to send it somewhere and then you've got to analyze it. Yeah, we, we take a different approach with a summarization and, and what to collect and what to sort of uh, do live streaming on. Um, so we we have uh, right out of the box, um, you know, we create summaries, we roll them up and we store uh, X amount of data in the cloud. Uh, but then we have options where you can sort of do on-demand streaming. So, for example, you know there's a problem, you just click on that user or click on that application and start streaming it in one second intervals. And then you can choose whether you want to store that or, or have that as transient data that you just use it just to troubleshoot that specific issue. Um, and then behind the scenes, we also have what we call a, a custom storage pipeline. What that means is that we allow our customers to store as, a, as much as they want, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being in the cloud, we have some nice scale luxuries that we can take advantage of. So you've got plenty of someone else. You've got plenty of computers that belong to somebody else. You can just use. Oh, that's them right. Either. And yeah. and yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, the more data you store, the 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 more you pay, I guess. But um, yeah. with a custom pipeline, you're able to sort of keep very high granularity for a very long time. And there's very few very few use cases. Uh, they want that particular uh, amount of detail. But most of our customers are really focused on the now and the now being second by second or the last three days or seven days, basically. That's what we find. Yeah, I think the overall, the days of the trend line are pretty much gone. We have enough bandwidth generally. This is a very broad statement, but generally we have enough bandwidth. We don't need to see that we're running out of bandwidth now. What we need to know is, is the bandwidth we've got right now working for us and then make extrapolations from that. Um, I wanted yeah, to ask I think a, you're right. Sorry, most, most of our customers are much less interested in, in utilization. We have those stats, but they're mostly interested in the app performance perspective, from the, whether from the traffic or from the synthetic endpoint side. Speaking about application performance, can you give me a sense of the demarcation of uh, you know, information I'm going to get on the network and the application itself? I'm thinking particularly software as a service where you know, a, a user is complaining of a slow application. How much can you, with what kind of granularity can you tell me this is a network problem versus this is something internal to the application or the service itself? The main starting point for that sort of thing is going to be the web or app synthetics. Basically, for example, if you're running HTTP test, the easiest way to tease that apart is looking at things like your TCP handshake, if that's healthy and mm-hmm. stable at a decent at a decent rate. And underneath that, you can see based on end-to-end network tests or hop-by-hop network path tests that, that the delay or, or packet loss or availability of the network side is correspondingly healthy. You know that mm-hmm. those, that aspect is fine. But if you see things like the you know, SSL handshake spiking or server wait time spiking, things like that, that, that is an indication that there's something happening more on the, on the application or service infrastructure side of things. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of the tease apart points when you have, when you yeah. have synthetics, app synthetics. Um, so you can see some of that just from those two things. And 
we make it pretty easy to kind of toggle side by side because you know you can look at the same app at the web synthetic and then the network view and and see like oh the network side is green the, the app side is still kind of orange right and why and then you you bring up a good point here because we're we're discussing what is a very visual experience and when you know as part of preparing for today's show we did a demo where you showed me the interface and we went over it in a lot of detail and I've got to say visually it's quite pleasing like it's not um, Certain types of analytics platforms or monitoring platforms are just ugly. They sort of like the crowd. It's all felt, but it seems like you put some effort into making it usable and thinking about the user experience and the way it looks as much as the data itself is usable. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think so because the the mentality we had is that. When you're in IT, and particularly the the feeling we got from our customers about the remote work issue in particular was, all right, oh my God, we, we've got 10x remote users, mm-hmm. but we have the same support staff. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to effectively deal with this? Well, if you're just dumped into the haystack looking for the needle, that's an overwhelming and difficult experience, right? Mm-hmm. But if we can make it really visual, color-coded like that service delivery chain sort of visuals, and then these app tile and color-coded things and then be able to toggle easily and just then pivot down to details, then it means that your workflow actually makes sense to someone who's not necessarily the top expert in each domain. You're actually focused on the customer <laughs> instead of you writing an interface or something. <laughs> and I give I mean I give I mean I I think you know the th- that actually started even with the traffic stuff. It's very much like that. It's not just a bunch of weird line charts. Mm. It's very visual uh, in the way that it starts. So the I think the company's DNA was very, very customer oriented. Yeah, look, and, and, and just to come back to, to your comment, Alex, and, and Drew's point around, you know, what we call domain isolation, like, you know, is it the network or is it the application and how much detail can we go into? But but you're right about the DNA being very customer-facing. So we wanted this to be used by, you know, front-level IT support, right? You don't have to be a, a super certified network engineer to be able to use this. In terms of the domain observability, I guess, is the comment I wanted to make there is that, you know, you can see if it's the application, you can see if it's the network, but even yeah. within the network, you have multiple domains, right? So we're a, an insurance company that has has sent everyone home, obviously, the call center workers um, and stuff, and then they have a Palo Alto VPN inside AWS where they sort of push all the traffic through there. So in, in that case, we had, you know, it's it's one thing to be able to sort of see uh, when, they're, when they're testing their applications that their staff are using, they're able to see if it's a network issue, drill down even further and figure out, hey, is it an internet issue? Like, for example, is it, you know, from someone's home to the VPN aggregation point? Or is it a VPN aggregation point issue as well? So, for example, because inside the next to the Palo, they also have a Cinefar probe, which which basically inspects all the transactions that are going back and forth. So, and this is where the traffic piece comes in and gives you even more observability on the traffic and the real transactions that are going across. Yeah, because in that sort of situation that you've got, you've got the VPN client, you've got the client and its network connection to the internet, you've got the VPN and the end-to-end connection into the Palo appliance that's sitting in AWS as some sort of VPC. It's as a, it's in a VM yep. of some sort. And then out the back of that, you've got the application in the back. So you actually need to be seeing what is the agency. You need to see what's coming out of the VPN concentrator and then what's going in to the actual host where the application is running. And, and you need to correlate all that together and, and to get the visibility, isn't it? That's exactly right. And that's, and that's what I mean by multiple domains inside each, you know, in the network domain, for example. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and just on that, things are getting a lot more complex, right? Throw in SASE, throw in SD-WAN, throw in uh, cloud VPCs. Uh, um, you got yourself a, a nice uh, challenge there. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up because I'm curious, you know, what kind of recourse you have when you're dealing with infrastructure that the organization may not own, like a bunch of remote workers coming in over the ISPs that they're paying for um, or hitting SaaS applications where you can't touch anything. What, what, how much can you guys do in terms of a user experience and resolution state of mind? When it comes to SaaS, I guess the way I would think about it is any provider that you have a actual business level contract with, you have some recourse to escalate to. So if you can show them clearly like, hey, your network or your, it's very clear from what we can see that something on your app site is having an issue and we can show you that it's not the network that's having the problem. That's a, that's a helpful piece of information for es for escalation. Same thing with, hey, we see that your, your ISP is having a problem. I think it does get a lot harder with with uh, consumer grade internet, but it actually goes beyond that in a sense because it's not just the local ISP like the Comcast or whomever. The home network itself is actually not under the IT control too, right? It could be right. content delivery networks. It could be, mm -hmm. you know, there's any car, so it could be going, you know, somebody in Australia is going to a different set of infrastructure to somebody in Northern Europe, and so on and so forth. So. Right. So you can see some of those route issues, but I mean, one of the things that we actually call out as a separate domain within the networking side of things is the local network. So we're actually from the endpoint doing repeated tests to the default gateway. And what that will show us is that if there's some congestion, there's loss or there's delay or something on your local, your gateway to the internet from your home, which is... You know, I think if you're in a network, you know that if you're having loss or latency on your default gateway, you're in trouble, right? Now, <laughs> it should and, not. <laughs> and the thing to be thinking about here is if you're an IT help desk, you've got 10,000 users or 1,000 users or five, it doesn't matter. You're one help desk operator and you've got 100 possible people. You can't possibly know what the connection is in the, at that person's house or which coffee shop they're at or even where they are in the world. You've got no visibility other than to say, what were you doing when it happened? And, you know. <laughs> right. And, and like, think about it this way. You know, it could be that they're on their neighbor's Wi-Fi. It could be that the default gateway is overwhelmed because they've got streaming or what have you, which we can't see directly, but at least we have evidence that there's something going wrong in the local network, not the Wi-Fi, distinctly. Yes. It could be that the device is just cheapo junk and they need to upgrade it. You know, <laughs> it could be the ISP, right? It, just even those three things right there are extremely difficult to tease apart unless you have some kind of data to point you in the right direction. For sure. Yep, absolutely. And to Drew's point, I guess the other thing, you know, in the, you know, testing out SaaS applications and, uh, you know, over internet, I guess, you know, what, what we're seeing, a lot of the, the configurations that we're seeing amongst customers is that, you know, you, you might be using Teams, for example, right? And you got, you know, five or 10,000 people sort of, you want to figure out if it's the internet or if it's the application. And if it's the application, you also, if you figure out that it's the application, you also want to rely on other vantage points. So our customers will have what we call our, our public probes. Our public probes are basically Cinefer instances that sit in, you know, all the, the public clouds that from there you can test to the application. So you get this, a third party, oh well, somewhat of a third party vantage point to sort of see, hey, is it just my customer, my users that are having issues with Teams or is it, 
do, do other vantage points hitting teams have the same issue, right? So that really mm. helps you improve your observability on and, and have more conclusive uh, results, I guess. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about this this line of thinking is that this idea of domains and, and visibility into different domains should conceivably help organizations figure out, okay, if I've proven the network is innocent, maybe I need to go to my developer team and say, we're getting a lot of issues um, from users about this application that we're running. Can you guys take a look? And we know it's not the network because here's the graphs. One of the interesting ways we can kind of correlate in terms of commonalities is that we have a view where you can look at things not just from a list of users point of view, but from a set of applications. So let's say you look at SharePoint and it's kind of colored orange, but then you can see a distribution of who's doing well and who's doing badly. You can click on all the poor user experience users, see them on a map. And then on the side, you can see any ISPs, for example, that are part of the problem and, and see all the user experience, poor, low user scores associated with particular ISPs. And what we've noticed is that for some of our customers, they'll see like they see the same ISP over and over again in poor user experience. Uh -huh. And that tells them that maybe we should advise some of our users <laughs> to consider an alternative, you know? Right. Assuming they have one. Yeah, right. Assuming they have one. <laughs> Well, the main thing is that it, that responsibility is apportioned to the correct location. So if it's because the person at home has a poor internet connection, at least if you know that's the cause, then you can then go and address it or not. And everybody can go, well, there's nothing we can do about that. That's still an acceptable answer. Not every problem's got a solution, which is, imp but if you know definitely where the problem is, you've actually solved the problem sometimes. Right. Because, you know, from a, what happens, right, is that someone from up above says, why are my people having this problem? You say, well, you know what? Your people are connected, tend to be connected to these three ISPs. Mm -hmm. And of those, this one consistently delivers poor user experience. Sorry, it's a very simple and clear answer that translates to any business person. It's very understandable. Right. You get the technical information that you need to make the correct business decision for that organization. That's it. That's it. And and sometimes that that the the technical answer or the business decision is pretty simple. So we had a, a banking customer that sent around eight or nine thousand people home here in the US and <laughs> Most of the problems were Wi-Fi related. All they did is sent blue Ethernet cables to people at home, especially people that are on the call centers, <laughs> long ones, like 15 meters each. Doesn't matter whether you were close to the router or not. And that fixed 25% of the issues. Wow. <laughs> it worked. Right? What a great uh, story. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi is not quite as great as everybody makes it out to be. That's it's not, is it? It's not, no. is it? But yeah, I mean, so yeah, some problems are really simple. You just got to see them, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the Wi-Fi environment in a typical residential home is very, very noisy. Yep. And because you've got yeah, all these yeah. overlapping domains, Wi-Fi domains for your neighbors. It doesn't doesn't really matter what the cause is. The point is you could point the finger at it and come up with a creative solution because you've still got to buy a 1,000 blue cables and then somebody's got to post them. That's not a small amount of work. That's a substantial commitment to solving the problem. So one thing we haven't talked about, but uh, people want to know is pricing. Uh, how do you price this? Is it complicated? Am I going to have to spend a lot of time with licenses? What's the deal? Sure. So a couple of points there. Overall, we really have strived to keep things simple. And 
Uh, one really good example is the way we approach synthetics. A huge complaint we heard from a lot of customers was synthetics was like this physics formula. And you know, you get a bucket of 12 bazillion points and you can't tell exactly how they're being deployed. You make a change in your test configuration, yeah. all of a sudden you're over. Yeah. And so we want to make that just take away that complexity. So it's very, very simple. Use this test. It includes all the stuff. You know exactly how it's going to impact your pricing. So we just we just tried to make it easy. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I don't that's, need that's to have like spreadsheets and a full-time person tallying up the license fees like uh, certain other vendors seem to have gone down the path of. Yeah, we don't need you don't need a pricing configurator magic, you know, eight ball <laughs> tool to, to yeah. understand our pricing. It's very simple. Right. Uh, and if people wanted to get more information about the product, where would they go? So you should check out cinefa.com slash packet pushers. We've got uh, some specific information for folks who have listened to this podcast, and then it'll take you to all the other interesting points you want to go. And I'm guessing that you've got a free trial. So if I wanted to suck this and see what it looked like on the in the field, is there some sort of trial? Absolutely. If you go to our website, there's a free trial button. You click on that and you will be able to get started within a couple of minutes and have access to the platform, synthetics, endpoint, all that sort of stuff. And it, it's very easy to get started. So mm-hmm. we'd love for you to try it out. Yeah. And just as f- for folks who are listening, it's Cinefa, S-I-N-E-F-A, S-I-N-E-F-A, Cinefa.com slash Packet Pushers. Well, thanks very much, gentlemen. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Alex, for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you about this product, and it's nice to see um, a company coming out um, to something multi-platform. We don't always, as I said in the opening, the thing that stood out to me is that this is a universal tool. It doesn't just work here or just work there. It works across all the platforms. Maybe you found something in today's show that fits into your network model or your situation, and you can find out more information at cinefa.com slash packet pushes, S-I-N-E-F-A. And as always, you can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushes.net. You can follow us on social medias in the places that you might expect on Twitter is at Packet Pushes. We're on LinkedIn. And it would really help us if you'd leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. It really helps us to be here and to be here next year as well. And as always, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>